0: today on CodePen radio hello everybody code pen radio number 377 another special guest super creative dude loads of pens on code pen you should be checking out and i just can't wait to talk to him for the next half an hour or so jace smith how you doing jace good
1: good thanks for inviting me on this is amazing
0: yeah, sure, my pleasure. Yeah, we met ages ago and I think once or twice and uh and uh I haven't stayed super close in touch, but I obviously follow your work cuz you just do all kinds of creative stuff on this little thing called CodePen.
1: Oh man, this CodePen stuff is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was the the 2016 CSS Developers Conference, I think. It was in San Antonio, maybe. I mean, that's San Antonio.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. That one was uh yeah, with all those little, that little river that runs through the town and the, oh, yeah. the Alamo was- and all that. Yeah, that's cool. I would have almost guessed it was been like something near, cause you're in Denver, right? I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could meet up if you were out here for that. Yeah, maybe. Did we do one in Denver? I think we did. I brought I was thinking daughter. there was a CSS DevConf that was in, well, I don't know, one of those it wasn't Denver, but it was one of those towns nearby, you know, some mountain town. What's the one with all that, with the like, the Shining Hotel up there. Do you, does that ring a bell? Oh, Estes Park. Estes Park, yeah, man. There was one up there, too, but maybe you would missed that one. I missed that one. It would have been a just a little drive for you. Uh, yeah, anyway, CSS Bytes on Twitter. That's your website as well. Kind of a, a, a CSS dude, as it were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I love it. My... All this stuff is just—it's so much fun. Every job I've ever had since I started in web development, I've, I've come to this point where just give me the right class name on the right element—that's the whole point for JavaScript—and let me take over and do what I want to do in CSS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, nice. So, what is what are some of those jobs though? Anyway, I mean, how does that how does that manifest itself? Because you're kind of a you know creative dude so kind of a a designer and developer
1: yeah i so my first real web job was a place called youth specialties it was in san diego it's where i grew up and um i knew nothing i went into this job making t-shirts for the youth group right like i don't know how i got connected to that i do know how i got connected to that it's a long story but (laughs) um my first job was there. I worked there for about five years. We was in charge. We were in charge of, um, half of the site was a content management articles and all kinds of, you know, content online. And it was all done with a PHP site and every header, every footer was self co- like self-contained on each page. There were no inclusions. This was back in yeah. 2000, right? <clears throat> I worked there for about five years. The other half of the company was an events-driven company, so we put on conferences and stuff for like, youth workers and stuff right. around the country. Like It was pretty cool. Got to go to a lot of fun places. Did that for about five years and then did some
0: Five years. Oh, interesting. That's how, to, how to, I, I feel like similarly you know, rolled into my first web job not knowing a damn thing, really. But I feel like maybe a lot of people feel that way about their first job. I, you got to scam your way into something somehow. And then you know, and then I I spent about five years too. So it was a kind of a you know, get a little loyalty. You can't can't be bouncing around too soon. I feel like a year after you start a job like that, you're not all that much better than you were when you started. You know, you got to give no, it some time. Yeah, no, there's been a, like a handful of
1: people. Each job there's been somebody, more or less somebody that has kind of like been in a, in a mentorship position. You know, nice. so I love. Yeah the idea of mentoring and you know, helping the younger web generation get their feet underneath them. Right. And, cause um, cause
0: somebody was there for you. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I was, so I was at this job. This is kind of a fun story for me working inline styles, right? Like I didn't understand half of the stuff that was going on. I don't know why they hired me, but they did. Okay. And a friend of mine, he was like, "Hey, Jace, you should you should learn how to do CSS." And I was like, mm. "What's that? I don't understand that." And he's like, "Oh yeah, instead of doing everything inline, you can just do it in a style sheet thing." And I was like, "Connecting wires? I don't know. I'm out."
0: <laughs> That's so strange. You were basically doing it anyway. You just didn't even know it was possible to pull out into another I file, know, right? Like yeah. There's
1: so much stuff you just don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: And then pick up along the way. So I. I'm
0: eternally grateful to my friend Tommy. Yeah. So you pull out another, this is your, the second job you're at already. That was my first job. Oh, first job. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So now you're, now you're extracting styles. (laughs) Yeah. And then at some point, what you are five years deep, you feel confident enough to bounce. Yeah. I learned quite a bit. Did some database
1: stuff, MySQL stuff, but it's, Jumped into the deep end a few times and drowned a few times and mm. we left San Diego, uh, had a two-year layover in Alabama before we landed here in Colorado. And um, let's see. I did some freelance for a while. That was really tough.
0: We had two little kids and yeah. did you think that like kind of the working from home would help you, I don't know be around more or something? Yeah yeah, and it, it just like just about killed me. I don't
1: want to do all the business stuff I just want to make things right like I just just I want to make sure and so having to go get clients and deal with business and all that stuff I was like I'm not well cut out
0: how did you even start did you was it did you have like a good lead right away so you're like I don't know I guess I'll just charge you directly and yeah yeah So you didn't have to bother with like making a super promotional personal website and hoofing Mm -hmm. up for clients. Yeah. I tried
1: doing my own website so many times and I just
0: am never satisfied with it. (laughs) It ends up
1: being nothing. I have so many failed ideas sitting in in (laughs) my dream house. (laughs) It's just funny. Okay. So I went from there. We did some freelance for a while. And then I was like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of Alabama and I need to get a real job because we need health insurance and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Right. right, And oddly enough, I went from from doing that to being the in, internet director, I'm air quoting here, yeah. of uh, Way FM, the radio station. That, okay. Did, like stuff all over the country. And their headquarters is based in Colorado Springs. And so we moved from Alabama to Colorado Springs, the next day, I started this job, worked there for about a year and a half, and I was in charge of everything. And I, again, didn't know hardly anything was going wow. on. Wow. Right. Um, I, I was a an entire web team of one and a half.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Why did the why did the radio station need a website I mean of course I mean everything needs a website but was it trying to be like a place that you could listen to their radio station on it or something
1: yeah they would do a lot of promotions you can like get concert information and yeah uh, different things like that so there was like thirteen different radio stations ooh um, from east to the west coast and
0: yeah uh, and you're like I can do this I'm gonna I- be The the one guy. (laughs) The
1: one guy, right? So I built this central content management system, right? I took what I knew about MySQL and PHP and built this horrible where all 13 radio stations could pull content from the single repository and add it to their their instance of their website. And then put their own content in that they can share with other people. And all I I really wanted to do was make the graphics and and
0: like do the Mm. design.
1: And stuff,
0: but I was like, yeah, I can do that. That's yeah, too bad. And you, but you knew that even then that you're like, yeah. okay, I got, I'm, you're writing SQL statements, but not because you enjoy it. Oh, that's too bad. But you felt like you had to do it because you, were, you know, you like, you said you needed a real job and you got one.
1: I did until that, that one, I got burned out pretty quick on that. And then we moved up to Denver. And then my next big job, I bounced around for mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, my next big job was uh, Survey Gizmo. It was based in Boulder. And that was mm-hmm. another. Did like, you have to move? Year. Yeah. Yeah. From Colorado Springs up to Denver metro area and have been here ever since. Um, mm-hmm. so I was at Survey Gizmo for about five years. Their, their name changed. Five years. They're like, I think they're called Alchemer now or something. I don't know. It's gone through. Okay. There. I made surveys though, I assume. Yeah. It was kind yeah. of like a. SurveyMonkey, but not a direct comparison. There was so much capability in that software. And that was a fun time. We had a lot of
0: fun. I met a lot of fun people that I... God, saw. That's interesting. I've never even heard of it, despite also spending some time in the, <laughs> the survey business. Yeah. A couple of them. But it was more capable. Like, So I always think of SurveyMonkey as pretty, pretty complex, actually. But this was more so.
1: A more, uh, a more comparable company would be something like Qualtrics. Oh, okay if I don't know uh, welcome to the survey nerd world, right? <sighs> Qualtrics was you know high-end database stuff. Certainly yeah. good, this like you can run an entire anything you could think of it what ended up happening and we realized this part way through was we ended up creating a language that allowed you to create
0: interface with data and do all this stuff online.
1: It was it was really cool, a lot of fun.
0: Wow! So and there was enough graphics like work to be done that. It oh yeah, t- you didn't burn out as quickly. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: We yeah. um, started like inventing question types that people can add, and you'd have to style and design the interactions for those. Mm. That's why that's when I really started getting into like application design, and that's all I've been doing mostly since. Is turning, you know, away from the marketing side of the web into the more app-driven side.
0: I could see that. What always appealed to me
1: about it is that
0: yeah, I've I've spent so much time doing and talking to other developers and I don't really plan on changing that, but in the survey space it was always like there was there's was money to be found there because it the you know, people always talk about verticals when you make apps that are like this app is for teachers or this app is for you know women or whatever people that are about to get married or you know there's some slice of humanity that it's for and surveys always had this like it's for everybody ever because <laughs> it's like at some point everybody needs to you know figure out something about their own market so it's just you know there's just more it's like every vertical which is kind of a nice place to be one of the
1: coolest projects that I that I remember from that time, this um, organization was a nonprofit organization, and they were tracking homeless teenagers. And their their deal was they would give them a phone, and all they had to do every day was check in and fill out this survey. You know, did you eat today? Did you sleep today? Did you yeah? Uh, take, did you get a shower today? Like, what's your what general and specific activities and things like that and so they used our system to track that and i don't know what happened with that one but i just thought wow that's a really cool use
0: case for a survey yeah right and Mm -hmm. presumably the goal was to do some good yeah Yeah. well that's cool so five years there you sound like you speak fondly or remember the time fondly which was cool Now I'm, you're you're you've leveled up enough that you're 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 probably being mentored and the mentor <laughs> correct, yeah, okay, for some things. Um,
1: yeah, so Survey Gizmo worked for EMC for a little while about three years, they got bought out by Dell. Um, um and they came in doing application stuff, building it in in house, uh, design systems for other teams to build the software on top of and use our componentry. And that's where uh, I, mm. I, I did the flip from the jQuery-centric, DOM-centric development to Angular and the whole reactivity mm. and all that kind Fairly of stuff. Fairly early for that, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, that was 2013, yeah. around.
0: But that's I, don't know, I don't know when Angular was invented, but it couldn't have been too much before that. It was,
1: it was Angular 1 point something. And it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was cool. It was fun learning how to do all that stuff. I, again, a, a very dear to my heart friend um, was there. I worked with him at Survey Gizmo and then went to work with him again at EMC. Uh, yeah, yeah. some fun. small world stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose it's all Colorado, huh? So not too yeah, small. Yeah, it's not a huge, like, it's not like Silicon Valley. It's We call it the Silicon yeah. Valley.
0: Silicon Mountain. Uh, somehow, I haven't heard that. I like it, um,
1: at least in the Boulder area and some of the tech center in Denver. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. It's a
0: you kind of run into the same people. I bet. Yeah, to this day, we still have to explain to people once in a while. We never really built a good solution when Angular went to two and beyond, where it was more like a assumption of a whole, you know, file system and st- Angular one was kind of built to just sit on top of html and that was perfectly fine to use on code pen and then we never really we kind of got around to making projects and making it more react focused and for people that want to use angular which is still a you know they're kind of almost dark matter developers you know it's like i don't hear that much about angular but there's a ton of people that use it still yeah yeah well we hear about it once in a while A lot of my earlier
1: pens are Angular based because that's where you know that's where I was at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was way behind the understanding that that was the future. I think I spent a lot of years just being scared of (laughs) what was coming. You know, after after like really like feeling like oh jQuery, I get it, I finally get it. You know, you know, I can do I can do anything I want to do with this. You know, not that I. Not that I don't have my limits of understanding of, of stuff, but then these the, the, that next generation of JavaScript when it came down the pipe was just like, oh man, this is just as t- totally different. Yeah. And I totally don't get it. <laughs> and then you, part of your brain wants to be like, maybe you're just all wrong. Right. You know, maybe this is just a bad path and I'm going to be the right one for not taking it. What else could I do? Because I'm not good at this. Yeah, yeah. What else could I do? Is no. now the time for me to learn <laughs> basket weaving or whatever? Right. No, that's funny. Anyway, we all get over it. Now we know. Hopefully, some of us. Or you, if you jumped ship at that time, you know, more power to you. You know, there's definitely some people out there that are just like, you know, what? I just like the HTML and CSS thing, and and can stick with that. You know, you hear some stories of that being harder and harder to pull off, you know, that if you're looking at, especially in the job search game, you know, perhaps you had a job for a long time where you were really effective at just those things, but then you start putting your, you know, I don't know, start looking for a job again and all the requirements, I mean, the, the chances of a front end job role just saying HTML and CSS these days, even if you'd be end up being a great employee because of your specialty, man. Good luck even getting the interview.
1: Well, my last three jobs, oddly enough, kind of fall in that category. So yeah, I, weird. I went, and, um, when EMC started, you know, the, the whole culture changed with Dell. For better or for worse, it just was what it was. And um, at that time, one of, my, one of my best friends, his name is uh, Chad, he, he's like, hey, you got to come work with me we're doing this little travel startup and he's like, we're, we're, we're going to use view to do it. And I was like, what's view? He's like, Oh, mm-hmm. you'll love it. And he was right. I love it. <laughs> we read things like Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, which I'm three chapters in and I've been that way for the last six years.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have a copy of it somewhere too. I don't think I ever finished it, but I get the gist of it.
1: Yeah. Right. Like the search for quality, this, breaking things down to their parts and trying to understand what makes things work. And, and Chad's been like this big uh, influence in my life. Again, that mentorship cycle that continuously happens. And he's like, let's go do this. And that started a string of, of he and I following each other back and forth from one job to the next over the next, over the past six years.
0: Uh, interesting.
1: Um, at one point the travel started fell apart after three months. It was it, it was fun for three months, and then it wasn't. And then, um, let's see, I went and needed to get a real job again. And so I uh, worked with a, another friend of mine at a place called Zoll, which was a medical device company. And here in Denver, there's the data side of it. Mm. And so the device, like heart monitors and AEDs and all that kind of stuff, is all back east somewhere, I think, in Massachusetts. But – okay the data side of all their online stuff was here in in Denver area. And so I worked there. I was brought in to do the same kind of things again, build a design system, be the HTML person to help everybody that runs into these problems on the browser. And, and I nice. loved it. I worked on a, it was the first time I've worked for a company that had a UX specific UX team. And everybody on the team was embedded in a different project, but we had like dual citizenship, and Mm. we would make decisions as a UX team for multiple products going on in the company. That was a really neat
0: Uh, way to do that. It's cool. Nice. Okay. Consistency around the products. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see people full journey like that, going from (laughs) all the way from I don't know anything to clearly senior and and beyond so uh that's nice you know without without losing it necessarily you know no no shade on anybody that chooses to bifurcate their career or whatever <laughs> This episode of Code Pen Radio is brought to you in part by Reflect. That's reflect.run is the URL. Super cool. Slash CodePen. Go to that to get your free two-week trial and get a free t-shirt when you sign up through that link. So you might as well, huh? It's a code testing tool for your end-to-end tests. So you spin up their you know, simulated browser environment and you click around and you do stuff and then say, this is what I expect to happen. And that's the test. So you didn't write any code to do it. It'll then, you, now you have the test. You can run it anytime. Ideally, you kind of run it against your PRs, for example. So it's constantly testing your website, making sure you don't ship things that are broken. That's the value of tests. They're amazing. And Reflect makes it easy to build those tests, makes it easy to maintain those tests. N10 tests are really powerful. If those are passing, a lot of stuff is going right on your website. So so super duper cool. And it runs them cross browser which is extra fancy and extra cool. Safari, Chrome, Firefox, Edge, email and SMS validation. All plans include unlimited test creation and unlimited users. What a cool tool. Check it out. Again that's reflect.run codepen. We didn't get a chance to, to jump into any of your pens yet. It's interesting to see, like, what, how these relate to what you do and what those jobs were. You know, they don't have to. I've talked to plenty of creative people who the stuff that they make on CodePen almost on purpose has nothing to do with their professional work because it's like I don't know. I just I like code, but don't get a chance to do this stuff at work, so it's got to come out somewhere, and it comes out through through their code instead. Yeah, there's definitely a large aspect of that,
1: like the sleepless nights. Like, what a, I have this idea, I want to do something, and <laughs> some stupid little widget that just was so fun to build. But I used CodePen and still do. I use a, a ton for work. I um, ended up getting one of the pro accounts so I can keep all that stuff sort of private when it's in development, and some of it's there's like you know proprietary whatever because it's work. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. It's the web. It's HTML and CSS. How can you, proprietize That I don't even know if that's a word, but I just made it up.
0: Um, yeah, it can be a. I don't even. if it's, <laughs> if it's not proprietary, some people I don't know if it applies to you are like, well, it's still, it's something that isn't out yet. You know, you don't want to like let the cat out of the bag or or whatever. Even if it doesn't tell the whole story, it might be a hint that they don't want out there I would ask it just to just while I have you and the work thing for a minute wonder about keeping things private I think is you know we've always kept that promise with pro is that you mark the thing as private it does not show up in search it does not show up on on CodePen search and we do our best to keep it out of more global searches like by adding robots stuff to make sure the Mm -hmm. web doesn't index it and stuff and it doesn't show up on your profile or anything but it isn't but you do ultimately just get a URL to it, which is this unguessable string of characters, and then you can just send it to somebody and they can see it. And, uh, uh, you know, CodePen's old enough that clearly that's worked <laughs> to some yeah. degree. Well, but I'm yeah. curious if you've ever pu- had any pushback on the like, how come people can just see
1: this? You know, that's such a good question. I don't think there's been hardly any pushback, and I don't know if it's because most of the people that can make that decision either. They, they aren't that concerned about it or they don't understand it or they just don't care. Right. They don't need- you one of those three. Uh, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. Or they you just know? trust that, that you know, the people they've hired are doing the right things, <laughs> you
0: know, not blasting stuff yeah, out. Yeah, and- right. Some trust. Yeah, Those are actually, those are four pretty strong reasons. We've heard about it once in a while. There'll somebody be like, that somebody is concerned that it's, or they're just maybe the culture of where they are, they're used to typing in passwords for stuff. So there's been some desire to have something that's private. If it's shared with somebody else, ha- require some kind of auth and maybe not. You have to have a CodePen account to see if you got to type in some password or something, and then it will unlock right. and show you the thing. So even if it's a little theatrical or something it's more protected than than it would be not promising that anybody listening to the podcast necessarily but we've talked about it for years especially because you just said it you know keeping things private it was somewhat important to you and part of the pro feature of copement it's clearly the top selling pro feature which is so funny because as a product is concerned (laughs) making something private it was not a particular stretch of technological ability at CodePen. we're working on so much more complicated and solving so much harder problems that well, you'd like to think that the complicated stuff is why people would um, eventually go pro but but just privacy alone tends to be a big one so then they you know our internally we're like why don't we double down on that you know like if privacy is so important to people why not offer them as much different privacy features as as they want and you know maybe we will
1: (laughs) there's been so many i've loved watching the interface for code pen change over the years and you know like it's like watching an application grow up you know
0: i I imagine
1: you've got that sense
0: too I've had that sense yeah, for, it's, it's, it's fun for like, me too but it's it's more I don't know it might be more fun from the outside because it doesn't it probably doesn't feel as slow as it does to me because <laughs> I'm like uh, oh yeah we're working on so much stuff that I just want everybody else to see but we can't just I don't know we have to be very careful these days <laughs> with what we're old enough to know what the dangers of, of technical debt and stuff but rest assured we are at work evolving this thing and it's all very exciting yeah. uh, one thing i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about is color essentially because so many of your pens are some kind of interesting exploration of color palettes or color interpolation or or things like that uh, but you didn't really mention color so far as we've talked in this yeah, you know, I can in this thing so what's the fascination with color
1: i just love color I've loved color since I was a kid. You know, what's your favorite color? That question, right? Yeah. Can't answer that. All of them. Every color <laughs> is important. They all have a, a, a purpose and a need and they all convey something in some way in so many different contexts. And the combination of math that can make color, it just I could I wish that was my job. That I could just <laughs> put it down and make things that take math calculations. I'm not that great at math. The internet is great at math, right? I'm not great at math, but I love using it. And I love trying to figure out how to sort a random collection of colors into like a harmonious side-by-side display instead of just this like random batch of colors that kind of looks like you're too close to the TV or whatever, or old, <laughs> old TVs. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, color experiments just I can't get enough of them.
0: I love it. Yeah, it's so cool. Some of the some of you, and even just a pen that doesn't have anything with color. I mean, just a just to pick one. Out of the top of your collection, you have this pen—a portal to tomorrow. That's so great! It's a bunch of circles all layered on top of each other, but they're not perfect circles. They have a little bit um, of—you know—you'd make a circle in CSS generally by just border radius fifty percent. You know, it'll kick that thing down to a circle, but you can always tweak how much of a corner is more rounded than each other. Whatever border radius, the syntax for border radius is actually like could fill a book. Really. It's pretty freaking complicated, but these are by virtue of that multi-value syntax are a little, not quite circular. And then as they layer on top of each other with some transparency and some different colors and some shadows all hanging off each other, it looks very organic and otherworldly and the, and they're all spinning and, very funky but you know if you had to pick one thing that was really making this pen it's the it's the color really it's like mostly white in a dark background but the where the, the edges of the circles are are such interesting weird vibrant colors it really works
1: yeah that one was fun to do and there's no there's no javascript i don't think in that one it's it's all uh, css transition mm-hmm. hue rotation Transform rotation um, using blending modes. When, when browsers, when you know when the CSS spec, spec came out with blending modes, I was like,
0: <gasps> Oh, is that why these colors look so strange? I bet it is because they yeah. they uh, they layer on top of each other and blend. Oh, and then juicy playing with like CSS variables
1: or custom properties. I guess is the official term for those. When that came out, that
0: blew my mind. This pen is from 2016, and it's littered with custom properties. So, early days for those. It's cool to see the web at its best here. You know, this pen just works absolutely fine.
1: And it's so simple. And I heard, I think I was listening to some streaming music, and this song came on, and it was like, what is this song? And I'd never heard of the band before. It's called Vessels, and I'd never seen this album before. But the, the Vessels album artwork for their album called dilate is where this, the inspiration came for this. Wow oh, nice. So it's they just have, you know, it's a, it's an album cover. It's a non moving picture of a design that somebody made. And I was like, how can I do that in code?
0: And I, that's, that was yeah. an
1: experiment. That's but, um, great.
0: Some of these other pens have that same kind of vibe. There's like a really cool, uh, cassette, uh, the, the inspiration came from somewhere. Yeah, uh, I, some of them are a little private too. So I will mention in this that that you know, Jace took the time to put together a collection of some of his favorite pens. That, with I guess, with his permission, will link up the collection itself. But the collection oh, yeah. itself has some private pens in it. So what, pens that you'll see nowhere else. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love this one, the Huey Luminous, and the Views, <laughs> which is one of those private pens that. I wish was not private, but that's that's your call to make. But I feel really like it's it. not done. That's
1: why it's private. I'll may, maybe make it public at some point. But it, it's like a color palette collection. You can you can add your own, create a collection, and you just you hit the plus button and it adds a random color, and mm. then it sorts them. And the fun part on that one is if you if you hit the decimate button. In the top right corner. Right. So decimate was this iPhone app that you could take a photo and it would just glitch the <laughs> hell out of the photo. There's a couple <laughs> of you know knobs and, and buttons you can do to it, but it would make some really cool glitch artwork. Uh-huh. So that's the word decimate comes from there. But if you click the decimate button then you get these little extra controls
0: and you can yeah that's awesome i did not i did not make that connection or have heard of that app but that's cool i hope it still exists uh yeah but you know even without hitting that the like the pinwheel effect of them is all very very cool it's one of those shapes that it looks simple but you know and and maybe maybe the more you know about the web the more impressed you are by it in a way, because like, if you didn't know anything, you'd be like, yeah, look, it's like a pinwheel shape. Big deal. But you're like, yeah, but how do you do that on the web, you know? Right? Is it this over? Bunch of, <laughs> bunch of circles that layer like, on top of each other with yeah.
1: like a one degree Y rotation or X rotation so that they actually layer on, you know?
0: Yeah, right. The, the Z-index works out. And it's, yeah. it's interesting to see that the center actually like feels satisfying, too. That doesn't get like too glitched out to look... Sometimes little stuff like that becomes As long a problem. You're not in, the at it in Safari. Safari
1: doesn't. <laughs> oh no! So well, I love Safari. I've tried to make that my like default browser for the last little while or so, just to yeah, want to know, jump around every once in a while. Used Brave for a long time, trying to figure out what breaks. What what is Safari? What does it? Can it not handle? I don't
0: know. It might be the year of Safari. You might be right. I mean, their their pace at shipping new stuff is really is really darn fast these days. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting. Are they going to be? I feel like there's still a little bit of a race for who's going to ship container queries like for real, for real first. You know what I mean? Out of beta and all that. They might win that race, which might win them some people. Yeah. That would be so. Awesome. Anyway, there's so many pens here we could talk about. Sorry we didn't get a chance to talk about more of them, uh, uh, but I'll put the link to the, the collection in the show notes for people to check out. And it was very cool hearing your story and journey and all that. I'm sure people will, will either see themselves in it in some way or be inspired by it because they're earlier in their journey than you are. And stick with it if you're, if you're young in this stuff. This is so much fun. Nice. I've
1: been around for a while. Find somebody to like impart your knowledge on, because a lot of the stuff that we deal with is such tribal knowledge, and it's not written down anywhere. We keep this stuff in our heads. There's so many things that I wanted to like talk about it, tell people about, it. and it's like, yeah, you know, I fall into that trap of like, yeah, nobody wants to hear this,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah, dangerous. Get a blog. Get a blog, Jace. Well, that's what CSS Bytes was supposed to be. Yeah. Some
1: little bite sized things about fun stuff or useful stuff for CSS, and I think I did one or two posts on it, and I'm like, I'm busy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's hard. Well, I'm tired. It's hard, but it's sitting there. It's sitting there waiting for you. I know. All right. Pleasure to talk. Jace, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks so much.